forever. Dog. You can't escape your deepest thoughts. This week on the podcast of Two Minds by Carol Mattis and Perry Nodelman. Hello, welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction, except for this month where we also discuss fantasy. Fantasy. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay K.J. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And as stated, we are discussing Of Two Minds by, as previously stated. By two people. By two people. I'm so sorry. It went out of my mind. Carol Mattis and Perry Nodelman. Thank you. You know, I I feel bad because you said Nodelman and I was like, (laughs) Nodelman, (laughs) which is not fair. But there's something so funny about saying Nodel. Nodelman is good. It's like Yodel. I also just like certain names. I apologize to all Nodelmans. Hashtag not all Nodelmans. I do like certain like sometimes I'll just come up with names like I, usually when I come up with a character that I'm going to do for something I always do name first and then I'm like what who is that mm-hmm. like I just how would that inform right what they became like I first uh, I was talking with um Omar about a project he was doing he's like oh you should do a character for this thing and I was like all right uh Chasper Malay but Malay is spelled <laughs> M-U-L-L-E-T <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what Chas- Chasper Malay like mm. right like I just feel like she's very I know spiritual. who that is immediately she's very spiritual <laughs> she's a doctor she's like a doctor of like ghosts she's a ghost doctor ghost doctor <laughs> obviously obviously but um, so was this for like a, a I don't it's it's like RPG? for an inner I'm not exactly sure it's for this like video series he wants to do hmm. so Chasper Malay <laughs> will hopefully make an appearance. But I've always for all RPGs, I come up with a name first and then I'm like, okay, who is that? Like, um It's a great way to uh start from to have a creative jumping off point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like start from nothing and then be like, okay, this is it it it's very it's a very easy way to get yourself into the like if then if this then, you know, yeah, type of thing. Um all right, so Mr. Nodelman and Ms. Mattis, mm-hmm. did you think that this book was going to be like some chapters in her head written by Carol and some chapters in his head written by Perry? No. Okay. But I see <laughs> why that would be a possibility. Mm. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> no, but you know, why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, do you have the back of the book? The unfortunate thing about the open library back of the book is it's just an excerpt. Yeah, I have a, um, okay. I mean, there's a little bit of editorializing in this. (laughs) Uh, okay. Ready? Yes. The complex plot follows the Mm, adventures of Lenora, a headstrong princess with the power to make anything she imagines real. And Corin, the shy prince chosen by her parents to be her husband, trapped in a strange land and stripped of their powers. Uh, by the way, Corin had been able to read the thoughts of not only humans, but also the animals and objects. The two must work <laughs> together to overthrow the tyrannical Hevak, restore harmony to the country, and return home 
safely. So first off, I didn't like it. I did not enjoy this book. My apologies to Carol and Perry. Um, Yeah. As a teen fantasy. Uh Uh-huh. Here's how I appreciate it as something else. Mm -hmm. Fantasy for eight-year-olds. It just read as younger to me. Yeah, it's skewed really young. Whereas like Elf Gift skewed older. Way older, yes. Like Elf Gift could have been an adult book. Yeah, that was for definitely like teens, teens, teens. Yes, teens, teens, teens. And 20s. And then anybody after really. Whereas this is like, I think would be a great book for elementary school. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, I had some really mean thoughts while reading this book. (laughs) (laughs) I I literally, because I was fresh off of like Elf Gift and Elf King. So like this is all very like, you know, serious political intrigue, like weird drama, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then we start off reading this book and I was like, this is some silly shit. (laughs) Like (laughs) this. This, this like is some nonsense. This it was is some straight some up baby nonsense. Shit. It was baby shit, dude. This is some baby shit. It was some baby shit. And I don't mean excrement. I mean this no. is some shit for babies. Shit for babies. Um it's not it's not bad if seen through that lens. No. It's like there are, just, are inventive things about it. Um, yeah. Yes, the plot was cool. I'm I'm not the twist at the end I was like very into. Um, yes. It was just it's just too young. It was it, too young. You know what it reminded me of? <laughs> okay, so like <laughs> I'm already so, enjoying it. The whole idea like of this book, right, is like you if you get forgotten then you turn invisible or go away and if people just remember you you can come back and this made me think of um <laughs> uh like did you ever watch like we sing in sillyville no what is that oh my god girl this would really be your jam i think <laughs> um it is like really demented and like <laughs> kind of shows how like yeah I'm I, twisted I, I no demented. you're like twisted it's so dark <laughs> well like I watched some of it because I found it on YouTube so I watched some of it on my stream uh, Twitch.tv slash Kelly Nuji uh, <laughs> and um well done it, it thank you so much that was and so it is and literally everyone was like wow this explains a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so demented. Like, Looking it up. We sing in Sillyville. Oh, ew. Yeah, I know. This is, <laughs> it's, it's very this demented. Is too much. So there's like, it's very like 80s shot on a cheap soundstage. Oof. Yeah. There's this dog named Barney that's like chasing a floating stick and the kids are like, Barney, where are you going? And they follow Barney into this magical world where all different people wear different colors and they don't hang out together because racism. Mm -hmm. And the kids are wearing like, you know, normal clothes. So it's like their clothes are rainbow. Teal and fuchsia. Yes, yes, yes. And the woman showing them around used to have all of her clothes be rainbow but now it's just black and white and she's like i have to turn you invisible because otherwise they will do gang violence on you so (laughs) (laughs) she makes them invisible and the kids like go around and they see like all the different people like singing their (laughs) their motto i guess like their songs like their philosophy 
Yeah, their philosophy. So there's like the people that wear yellow and they do like a Devo dance. And then, but they're all royalty free music. So it's all like, like, just with like different do words. Your ears hang low. <laughs> yes, they sing that. They I know, that. I see. <laughs> <laughs> so like they at first they're like we don't like the, the people that are red or whatever they're like we're angry or something i don't know i'm just making something up uh-huh. and then they're like we're angry let's sing a song about it and they're like do your ears hang low <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there's not <laughs> there's not a uh, actual song for it no no there's not an actual song they just sing like a royalty free song about it and there's one i think it's like we sang birthday and it's this girl's birthday and her toys come to life but it is very scary very very scary and then they take her to like a birthday party on a soundstage um it's this big mouse and this big bear and then two kids and then they're friends i guess and they just sing like a variety of like wheels on the bus or like <laughs> they can't even sing happy birthday because <laughs> at that time we thought it was copywritten yes it was you know those women were suing were everybody scamming us all mm-hmm. so anyway this book reminds me of so there's this moment in we sing sillyville where um the girl that wears black and white like sprains her ankle and so, like, all the different people tie, like, tear off scraps of their clothes and they tie it around her ankle to heal it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, the colors look really beautiful together. And then they, like, look up and look at each other and, like, like how we're standing now. <laughs> and then the kids, like, become uninvisible and they're like, we stopped racism. <laughs> and then there's, like, a big party. <laughs> so it reminds me of that like when all the fucking fairies and shit are like fighting i hated the fairies and the trolls dude it was just it was just so young and i think yeah let me see if it actually like if i go to amazon does it say like this is for eight to nine year olds (laughs) (laughs) which would be very funny k to five yeah exactly (laughs) i mean Here's the thing. I mean, there's stuff for kids that's like tight as hell, though, because like Peppa the pig is tight. Like there, it, you can make stuff for kids that's good. Uh-oh. I think that even it's a series. <gasps> no. What else could you do? <laughs> okay. Will it say? Will it say? It says reading level thirteen to seventeen years. No. Uh. No. 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 Let's Incorrect. try like five years younger, please. It is. It's. Then again, it is about as as basic as, like, not the, not the writing, but the concept is like divergent or, yeah, whatever that other one is. Where it's like everyone's one thing, and and Mm -hmm, oh oh oh, there's a girl who's all things. Mm -hmm. So it's not the concepts are mature, the execution is not very childish but also like weirdly like she's supposed to be getting married which is i think an adult concept even though it's like you know fake fantasy times or whatever it's still like this girl has to get married to a guy that she doesn't know like that's that is an adult concept for a modern book and yet like her thoughts and his thoughts are very childlike she sucks 
She does suck. She is a narcissist. Oh, I found. So I was looking for this tweet that um, <laughs> that describes all of this perfectly. Um, okay. I think a big problem with kids' allegories for racism is it's like the green people and the purple people hated each other just for being the other color. Isn't that silly? And not the purple people kidnapped the green people and treated them like livestock for hundreds of years. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. not just straight up othering hate. It's like a systematic destruction of the livelihoods and quality of life of the other people. Um, yeah, no, it's not just like, can you believe that the like green people live in a tree and sing about birthdays and the purple <laughs> people live in the water and sing about dogs? And then it's it's like literally and like and not only is it that like the green people like or the purple, whatever, uh, the purple people like enslaved the the green people, but also like you are a purple person. Like, you know what I mean? Like you might be part of the of the per of the group that's been benefiting from this. Yeah. Um and I that is that is about the we sing thing. This is this is different. It's pretty uh explicit that everybody's being subjugated by HEVAC. HEVAC, yes. In this book. So that's that's a that's a different that's a side. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, but like, so everyone has so her people's thing is that they can imagine that's the other thing is that like this is a very naive look at like what a society would be like they're like anything we can imagine we make happen, but like we're not gonna do that until all of us decide together to do it, and it's like a very like measured system when it's like really. Like, if, right, any technology is instantly used as a weapon, right? Like, so I feel like... Well, it's implied that, like, that happened for, like, hundreds Oh, of maybe it's so another, like, utopian and they or came, whatever. Yeah, so they came to um, this egalitarian society. Yes. Uh, where they agree that making things real of your own imagination infringes on the freedoms and rights of the others. Mm -hmm. And so but it was, like, anyway. this war of ideas. And then... <laughs> fucking fucking despot over here, Lenora. Yeah. Uh is like, but that's boring. We can create whatever we want. So I'm gonna do it. And every time I have a super lame teenage fantasy about living in a castle with a knight who's in love with me, and everybody else disappears yeah. into a gray zone of non existence. Yep. And I guess that should have been the tip off that it was I know. for the whole time. It should have, but and yet it didn't for me. No, not at all. Which is not um, a knock against the book. Uh, no, that's no, just no. Me it's not a, having seen it. It's actually a a, it, a blessing, a, a, ch a check mark in the plus column. Yeah, there you go. Um, Lonely check mark. <laughs> <laughs> there's two check marks. There's me not seeing the twist, and there's yeah. the twist. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <clears throat> um, so. Let me see if I can do a real bare bones plot description and then we can get into details. Yes, please. Okay. So like you said, there are, there's one kingdom, the um, Gepeth. The Gebe Girl, good on you for knowing the names of this shit. I was just going to be like those people and then these other people. Oh, no. It's like I said, I wrote everything down. Good. Good for <laughs> you. Because I knew I wasn't going to remember this. <laughs> so there are the Gepethians. Um, they're 
king and queen are Queen Savette and King Raiden, and they have a daughter, Princess Lenora. The Capethians can materialize whatever they imagine in real life. And Lenora is very, very strong, but her father, Raiden, is stronger, and so he kind of keeps her in check. Then there are the Adillians, or Adillans, maybe. They can imagine themselves being anywhere and can read one another's thoughts. So mm-hmm. instead of, so whereas the Capethians materialize beautiful, comfortable things and all agreed on this shared reality, the Adillans create mind palaces and just live in there and talk to one another from their mind palaces. And so everything in the real world is like shitty and everybody looks like hell. I feel like they um, live in 2020 USA. Yes. Like it's like all Zoom shit. Like we're all stuck in our houses and you're just like, but if I imagine. I'm going to go into Animal Crossing Island. Y'all, I have put like 60 fucking dollars to this anime dating sim. I, this is not good. Like it's I'm I'm I've reached a, a nadir in my I'm also playing this fucking game called Romance Club. The writing is so bad because because, OK, it's not just romance. OK, it's there's one called Saints of Saint Four and you are like dealing it's like horror it's like a horror choices matter game so it's not just romance um that being said there are romantic choices you can make but i've spent a lot of money on that game it's very bad (laughs) um because i just want to you know i want to because we can't stories because we can't go out and at least there i'm like i want to pay extra for this cool dress (laughs) (laughs) it's bad it's bleak we live in bleak times so that's how the Adillans live over in 2020. <laughs> yep. And they have Queen Milda, King Arno, and their son, Prince Corin. Whereas Lenora is all powerful and wants to use her powers like crazy, Corin is powerful but doesn't ever want to use his powers. He hates going into other people's minds. He thinks it's intrusive. He hates people coming into his minds. He wants real world comfort, not imagined comfort, which seems nonsensical to me. Whatever. If you're living in a world that doesn't make <laughs> soft beds, just live in a soft bed world. Yeah, I don't get it. So okay, whatever. Corin and Lenora are betrothed to one another. They've never met. They see and he looks in a mirror. She looks in a lake. They see each other. They're like, what's this about? Ah. So then Corin comes to uh, the Gapeth and <laughs> King Raiden is like, surprise, Princess Lenora, you're getting married now. I know. <laughs> she like runs away. Uh, stuff happens. They don't want to get married. Um. Then they are getting married. They look down into a pool of water that's like part of their typical wedding ceremony. Oh, also like before that, um, she's like, so as part of her seeing him, like she sees oh, him right. and then she also sees like that she is destroying worlds basically. She lives and in she's this like, fa- there's all of a sudden a fantasy of people adoring her. Right. And then it gets worse and worse where it's like, then she's destroying stuff and she's like, What? And then, um, and that was the other hint that I completely forgot. Yeah, I I thought it was just, I thought it was just her seeing um, Hevac wanting her to like be his bride and rule. Right. 
So, but I guess like, she was oh, seeing scary, a vision, but also of, I want it. She she was she I guess she was seeing a vision of like the in between, like the midquill of the story. Yeah. So she was like, yeah, and and then remember her like servant? Oh no, botanist. Yeah, what? like healer woman, Lufa. Yeah. Was, that's the first time I've said it out loud. Yeah, me too. And I was like, L U F A. I'm so sorry to anybody. Saying it out loud, I was like, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So, we'll, we'll, yeah, there's a botanist lady. Yeah. And, and, she, well, and she says, like, that's the sending, like, that's your future. And she's like, what? I don't want that to be my future. And then she meets the corn well, and she's like, oh. Is it future or is she just saying like it, uh, somebody has sent that vision to you? No. So so she's like, it's a possible future. Oh. So she was like, oh, I don't want that to happen. And then we find out that it was sent to her because Havoc was like, oh, I was trying to send that to you to try and like get you to come Entice here. you. Because that's what he was I, doing to a lot of people. But it also really wow. was her future. Um, the so more we cool. talk about this, the dumber I feel for not seeing the twist coming. No, me too. Me too. I did not see the twist but at all. But it's such yet, a cool so, twist. It's very cool. Um, so they get married. They look in a pool of water. The vision happens again. And Lenora can like, she can go into the vision. <clears throat> and so she does so to escape the marriage, but Corin is trying to pull her back, gets pulled in there with her. They get to this unknown kingdom, don't have their powers anymore. There are a whole bunch of other people there from other kingdoms that also don't have their powers anymore, but they're all like very excited because they all saw this vision of this amazing country together. They all go in like this flying transport to some sort of like, auditorium i don't know stadium something and this ruler hevac speaks to them and is like you're gonna help me create utopia where like everybody will have everything they want all the time and everyone's like yay and corin's <laughs> like oh, i'm not into this i'm a big baby <laughs> so then they have to like figure out how to get out and that's that's the like more that's the bare bones plot that I'll yeah, give and then yeah. we can get into the rest. <clears throat> I mean there's like some very annoying stuff that happens. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I really dislike Lenora. Me too. I like Corin and don't understand why the book is telling me that he's weak and Lenora is strong. Lenora's a fucking bitch. Well, also to me, Lenora was stupid. Like she's just she's like very making dumb. very rash, stupid ideas. Yeah. And we're supposed to be like, oh, she's adventurous. But she's just stupid. She's just I very, guess she's like a big, dumb, dummy. Like the book is positive. She just wants everything she wants and she wants it right away. And she's very, very selfish. 
Yes. The book keeps positing like she is too rash and he calms her down and he is too not brave and she makes him more brave. And I'm like, I guess in theory, but the way it's written, it just kind of seems like he's like smart and she's stupid. Yeah. So the writing is weird because her her character is unlikable, which fine. I'm I am down for unlikable characters, except that this isn't written in the good kind of unlikable way. Whereas like Elfgift had he was complicated. Lenora is very simple. She's just straight up. We're we're not being she is unlikable, but we're not being we're being told by the writers that she's very likable, that she's like yes. so pretty. This was written as though it were a Mary Sue fanfic. Yes, 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 yes. Where le- we're Lenora and we're writing ourselves to be like, oh, so powerful. And what if there was this boy who like loved us so much as soon as he saw us and he was like kind of weak and we had to help him. Mm-hmm. All of it is written to where like Horan should be in love with her and I'm just asking myself why. Yes. I and honestly like you can right like you can when, when you're doing I think the difference between and I know we keep c- comparing it to Elf Gift but that's like literally the only other fantasy book we've done uh for this bit so far. Um so like the difference between Lenora and Elf Gift to me the important difference is that even though I disagreed with elf gift a lot and disliked him at times when we were in his head i was like you know but i do see it and Mm -hmm. when we're in lenora's head i never thought that i was always just like shut up dude and it's not because she's a woman so back the fuck up with that (laughs) shit this is not internalized sexism it's not no yeah with lenora it's I never agree with her. I always see where everybody else is coming from. I never see where she's coming from. She's not, she's simple. She's not complicated. She just sucks. I think if, if maybe they had focused, like if we had just spent a little bit more time and I know that we, I don't, I don't know how to describe this, but to me, I think it might have helped if like she, cause like to her, right. It's like her whole life has been, confusion at well if we can do it then why don't we do it and also her her power seems to have power over her where she can't help it she's too powerful that's not really her fault like they're mad at her for stuff she did when she was like five and seven it's like well yeah tell a five-year-old not to make fun talking chairs what do they know yeah we you know what they could do like a um also like a, a fucking dark phoenix thing like, it feels yeah. good to be powerful. Like, I still like Jean Grey, even when she's, like, destroying things and is very scary. So, like, I think you it's can do a It's not hard to like portray that. that dichotomy of thought. No. Because um, power does feel good. And it's so weird because she, like, says that, but it always sounds ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me read. <laughs> well, I think it's because the thing that she does are so dumb. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. So... So she she has these thoughts where she's having this fantasy to begin with and then a tentacle creeps over her and she's like, oh my God, where did that even come from? I didn't want to imagine that. That's so scary. 
And then and not. when we're over with Corin, apparently he's been, they have some sort of connection. Like mm-hmm. they are soulmates. Somehow they're meant to be together. And he gets, he keeps getting pulled into her fantasies. So we've seen all these fantasies she's had at the beginning of the book. And then we see it from his point of view. And I was cracking up. <laughs> so funny. <clears throat> when he was left alone, it was even worse because whenever he was by himself, strange ideas and visions had begun to pop into his head uncontrollably. He'd never had peculiar thoughts like that before. Never. Ugly white rooms filled with uncomfortable-looking black furniture. Huge white bears with long, dangerous-looking claws. Slimy tentacles, spider-like creatures that only some maniac could have imagined. And dogs, puppies with round noses, long ears, big eyes, short bodies, and stubby legs. Silly-looking puppies in different colors, pink, blue, purple, red, orange, yellow, jumping and clawing. Corin began to think he might be going crazy, and he resolved to never tell her about it once he met her. She'd really think he was beneath her then, having thoughts like that. She'd probably suppose he had some kind of illness. You know what? Because he was they like are? picturing puppies. <laughs> they are <laughs> less heightened, Jessica and Elizabeth, where it's like, <laughs> this is so weird. Oh my God, what's happening, even? And it's like, I get like scary white rooms with uncomfortable furniture. I'm like, this is, it just feels so low stakes. This whole story feels so low stakes. What sort of deranged mind would picture a pink puppy? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even exist. And if she knew, she'd think I was uh, sick. (laughs) Like, what could have fucking depraved person has visions of scary things? It's just, it makes no sense. It's just like the book keeps telling us how like sick and twisted <laughs> this shit is. And I'm like, uh, I, maybe me. it's just because I literally was reading about like a blood eagle being cut on someone. <laughs> but like, I just, to me, I was like, okay. Like we're not getting enough description of of the tentacle or how the tentacle makes them feel. This slide, and it, well, and I'm... <laughs> When they're like the slimy tentacle, uh, that's too scary. I'm like, is it? Because like to me, that How seems like a nothing. Could it be like I, when I was little and and trying to take a shower, I would have visions of a clown coming out of the shower drain and trying to kill me, and I wasn't yeah. like, oh my god, I should be locked away. Yeah, <laughs> like people yeah. have. People have scary thoughts all the time. All the time. And it's so normal. And also, I mean, I, I, uh, you can take a tentacle, right? And you can make it scary. Like you can go into that kind of like Cthulhu like thing. Yeah, you can make a monster, but, but it doesn't. When you're just like a tentacle, that's scary. I, it's too. That's <sighs> why this feels like a book for younger readers. Yes. It feels very because goosebumps. it like tells you about scary situations without it actually being scary. Yes. And like I just felt like the fucking other characters that we encounter, I I I could not make myself care. 
about the invisible people or the fairies or the trolls. And when they're like, ew, trolls are stinky. I was like, what the fuck (laughs) is That's, it's like, like, that's the baby shit. Mm -hmm. That's the baby shit. So what happens is Hivak is, um, we find out that Hivak came to this world that had all sorts of fantastical creatures, fairies, trolls, um, like hobbit type people. And they all lived on this world together as friends. Hivak shows up. He wants to live among them and control them. And he does. And they all adore him. And he's like, uh, but it's sort of too easy, isn't it? Because they're so innocent. So I'm going to bring other people here, but it's sort of crowded. So I'm going to like kind of imagine these species of people away and everybody will forget about them. So I'm going to imagine that fairies don't exist and I'm going to put it in everybody's head that they're made up and also they don't like fairies. And then I'm going to do the same for elves and then I'm going to do the same for trolls. And then I'm going to start to do the same for the Hobbit people. Mm -hmm. And so And then he's like, and then I'm going to start to bring powerful people to the world. Like the most powerful of each kind of person. Mm -hmm. And then he thinks that will make him feel satisfied. Basically, he's an all-powerful being who's very, very bored. Yeah, and he's a narcissist. And so the scene where they like sort of figure out that, oh, and he like disappears Corrin for a long time. And Corrin is just left... All of this should be so interesting. Yeah. But the actual writing of it just doesn't, isn't compelling to me. Quite a slog. So he gets disappeared into this gray space where he's starting to forget his own identity, but he's, there's still a consciousness there and it really freaks him out. And he's like trying to get Lenora to remember him because Lenora can materialize whatever she imagines. And he, because he's telepathic in a dream, is able to insert the memory of himself in her brain and then she materializes him and he's back and then they see these little hobbit people and only they can see them because everybody else has been made to forget them and they follow the hobbit people to their underground world and then they figure out these trolls used to exist and they're like oh he disappeared a whole race and they're like trolls don't exist they're stinky and gross and <laughs> ugly and they smell the amount of times that they say how stinky, stinky. the trolls are i was like this is such stupid ass baby shit i hate i hate this let me see if i can find like that the wheels on the bus no. go round and round <laughs> i don't want to bring a troll back they're so smelly and bad and they all rolled over and one fell down <laughs> uh i'm reading lenora is just like so mean and annoying she is really mean (sighs) okay people 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 okay oh right so corin figures out the troll thing because he's entered their minds because he's like there's some sort of secret that's in your mind that hevac is making you forget and so he goes in there. Um, I'm going to read some of this because it's just a good example of how annoying Lenora and Corin are together. 
Lero, and that's one of the little people. Lero addressed. Oh, also, there, can I just really quickly before you go into this, mm-hmm. that there's like a weird coding of like race that's like just really distasteful uh, because like all of the Hobbit people, and which are like basically like look like the botanist person or whatever, they're all like dark skinned. Did you notice that? I, and that Lenora is light skinned. And I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> but I did not remember that. Okay, I didn't yeah, remember but, their description of them. Uh, well, just that I only knew that it was through the transitive property. So like she's like, Lufa is, has beautiful brown skin. Uh-huh. And then all all of the other, she was like, oh my God, this one oh, looks exactly I- like Lufa and they're all related. So. Right. I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I will, in the book's defense, mm. just say that, like, she's just, they're just magical creatures from books that she's imagined. Right. It's not. But she does make them look like her uh, servant. Is she her servant? Mm, I she's thought she was just like a. She's just like a botanist healer person. lady. Yeah, healer. Why do I keep saying botanist? Oh, well, because she's working of? with herbs and shit. Oh, because she makes her do plants. What's that word? A- apothecary person. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think if it had gone into that more, I would be skewed out by it. But because we get to this section where it's like, troll smell. <laughs> right. No, I here's what I think it is. I think it's just a coincidence. And the writers were like, we want to put a person of color, but not the main character. So it'll just be the botanist. And then... They're like, oh, and that one looks like the botanist because that's the only other character we've really mentioned. And like she's making them look like her. I think it's a coincidence that just happens to. But I still like when reading it, I was like, I'm just very like the white savior thing. I'm very like my ears prick up about around that stuff. I don't think she's but she didn't invent them to save them. No, 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 no. I mean, when she's like trying to save them from havoc. Yeah, but that's well, like it's, it's so incidental. I think she's it's like incidental. A, not she's also she's got olive skin. It's not like brown skin. Oh, she has olive skin. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess it's either more racist or less racist, <laughs> right? Like it's either like 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 more so because she's My, like I can't have like a brown person. I think, or she just is like whatever. She's not even thinking. I think it's. That sort of racism where it's like, I don't even need to think about non-white people in this book. <laughs> right. It's it's like, I forgot you existed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me. I scanned back because I remembered her as having olive skin. Uh, so I wanted to check. So now I lost the part with the trolls. Hang on. Okay. I found it. Lero addressed his question to Lenora, but it was Corin who answered. I think I've discovered something that could help, he said slowly. It's something in your minds. Muni frowned and turned to him. You entered our minds? Yes, said Corin, and I don't like that, Muni objected. Not at all. Surely you should have asked first. Corin suddenly looked quite sheepish and turned red in the face. Lenora couldn't help herself. She burst out laughing. Corin shot her an angry glance. It's hard not to hear things sometimes, he said. That's no excuse, said Peter. No excuse at all, said Muni. 
If you want my opinion, Lenora said, suppressing a giggle, I think you're being too hard on him. But you get furious when I do it to you, Corin said. That's different, Lenora said. Yes, but I'm a princess and they're pure. (laughs) (laughs) That's different, Lenora said. If this is something that can help, none of us can afford to be too sensitive. Corin shook his head. He would never understand her. (sighs) That's so just indicative of what they're interactions are like the entire book like wow changeable is woman (laughs) yeah it's very taming of the shrew and also like they keep trying to tell us like how much chemistry they have and i i just kept being like none i none yes i mean they're (laughs) like they're two people i guess this isn't even like if you say so i'm like you're saying so and no (laughs) absolutely (laughs) i'm not seeing it it's not good this is for sure like an anti-ship for me. I Oh, I do yeah. Not. I want them far apart. I <laughs> ship no one in this book except for Lenora and Hevac and not until the twist. Not until the twist. And in that case, I'm like, let's see yes, it. Let's get into this. Yeah. Um, so Corin Jigazaddy would never understand her. So what did you find? Lenora asked. Lenora is right. Muni conceded. Tell us what it is, Corin. Trolls, Corin replied. Trolls! exclaimed all five <laughs> of his companions at once. They looked at him at as if once? he had taken leave of his senses. Yes, trolls. Short, stocky people with frizzy hair and sharp teeth. Some of them have more than one head. I believe they used to live here in Grag, just as you do, he said to the little people, because they're stored clearly in your minds. Well, of course they are, said Sumra. Everyone knows about trolls, but they're just imaginary storybook creatures. No, Corin objected. They're not. The trolls I see in your minds don't feel like storybook creatures. They're real. They, well, they smell really bad. I think Hevac sent these trolls off to the gray, and I think we should bring them back. But why, Lenora asked, intrigued. What would we accomplish by bringing them back? I'm not blah, blah, blah. They must be a threat if you got rid of them. (laughs) More the merrier, then we have more on our side. Here we go. The little people looked horrified. Trolls are disgusting, Muni said. They're cruel and dangerous, Sumra warned. They're not trustworthy, Peter added. Now I know for certain that these trolls once existed, Corn said, because if they didn't, why are you getting so upset about them? It was a good question. The little people looked at one another in confusion. And besides... Corn continued, all that about the trolls being disgusting, deep down in your thoughts, you know it isn't true. They're not cruel at all. Deep down, you like trolls. He stopped a moment to capture a thought. Holder, for instance. Yes, Holder. She was a friend once, Sumra. Your best friend. And, and a bridesmaid at your wedding, wasn't she? Holder? She couldn't. I wouldn't. I... Sumra looked very confused. Hevac must have planted those thoughts in your brain, Corin continued. Made you think of trolls as disgusting and smelly. Oh, it's all nonsense, Peter said impatiently. How do we know these imaginary trolls would even be willing to help us? Blah, blah, blah. They hate Hevac. They disappeared them. <laughs> I'll try to make the little people conscious of the trolls hidden in their memories, he said. And then you can make them real. It should be quite simple. <laughs> As it turned out, though, getting the people, the little people to think about trolls wasn't going to be as easy as it sounded. When Peter had asked them 
gathered them all together into a large meeting place in the center of the cave and told them what happened to Lenora and what Corrin had seen in their minds. They just left. Oh, sure, troll, said a fellow in the front row, as if our glorious leader Hevac would allow ugly things like that in this country. And besides, added another, nobody can read thoughts. That's just the <sighs> Um, mm -hmm. he like proves he can read thoughts. And they're like, wow, you can do mm -hmm. it. We left off at trolls. <laughs> oh, right. The trolls. Okay. A lot of trolls. Um, Trolls on trolls. Uh, So I'll just. All right. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read the little people's reaction to the trolls. When Please. they all pop back. The little people were also terrified. They ran into their little enclosures, grabbing their children, screaming in fear. They're ugly. They're filthy. They're horrible. Send them back. So that's the kind of baby shit we're talking oh. about, where it's like, you smelly old trolls. Those aren't real. Oh, no. I hate it. That's what makes me think this is a book for like eight and nine year olds. This is fucking wheezing Sillyville. I'm sorry. I have a mouthful of peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I like how it wasn't until after you took a bite where you're like, right, recording, recording. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, my Jesus. Um, but this has this like 1980s edutainment feel to it. But it's a book that's written later. I think. When was this written? Um, I think it's a little older. Let's see here. 97. Really? Mm -hmm. No, first published 95. Still, yeah, I was gonna it put seems, this shit at like eighty six. Yeah, it seems uh, seems older. It's just so childish, mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry to these people. It, it's it's hard for you and I, and yet we do it anyway to mm. critique another person's work. Because we're both. Because it's hard to make something. We, both, we know what it's like. Yeah, we both make things. We both know what it's like. We both. I certainly wouldn't listen to this podcast if I were these people. No. But you wouldn't write this. But I'm I, sorry I to say. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I'm sorry to this man. Um, I don't. I just can't believe that this isn't for children. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Is if this was for children, I'd be like, yeah, I'd give this book to an eight-year-old. Yeah, I mean, I the would reading level does not seem like it's too old. So, and honestly, good twist, cool twist. <laughs> oh yeah, let's talk about the twist because it is very cool. And I was like, I would read a whole another book just about this idea and about the relationship between Lenora and Hevek. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find. And do we ship it? Yes, unfortunately, I ship this so very hard. Mm -hmm. It is it's very unfortunate that very we do it. Perhaps cool. we have a sickness. Um, no, because it's interesting. And mm -hmm. well, I guess maybe it's pretty fucked up. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, I grant you that it's pretty fucked yeah, up. It's a little fucked up. Um, let me and see. it's not a healthy relationship. That's for sure. I mean, it's definitely toxic to everybody involved. Oh yeah, but that's interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, we like we 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 stand. we stand. Mm -hmm. um, no choice. Okay, so Hevac shows up. All the all the newly returned fantasy creatures are now a 
attacking the uh, Gragians. Um, he's like, well, go away. Lenora's fighting it. Because Hevac is so distracted, he can't block her powers. Mm -mm -mm. Fighting, fighting, fighting. Mm -mm -mm. She produces puppies. He cuts all their tails off. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it turns them into bears that's the other um, thing is like that the scariest thing that they can come up with are just like these fluffy white bears it's like so strange that's not even scary that's not like there is a way to make a bear scary it ain't this it just isn't written scary um <laughs> big fire la, 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 la. You know, maybe okay. there is a group of people that would like this story. Because, like, you know, like, you and I, we like horror. So I think there's just, like, for us, we're, like, it could always be scarier. Like, maybe for some people, this would be scary. It's just, to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think I would be friends with that person. <laughs> I, this story is cool. The story's cool. It's just that the writing seems skews younger. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Is if somebody my age was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is one of my favorite books. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you haven't read it since you were a kid. And they're like, no, I just read it yesterday. Okay. It's really good. You should read it. I want to talk about it with you. And I would instantly start texting you. <laughs> I'd be like, Lizzie. Same. <laughs> um so they were fighting, 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 and then... Oh, because everything kind of goes off the rails, right? Because, like, the fairies and the trolls and the hobbits are like, we're so mad that Hivek would do this to us. Rah! And they, like, charge the castle and, like, well, that, there's Well, those chaos. are the distractions. That's the distracting yeah. chaos that... Which, at first, they didn't want to happen. And then they're like, oh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, right. And then she's, like... Fighting against Hevac, yeah. yeah. So then he stops fighting. And this is where I was like, oh. <laughs> so anger had been replaced by his dazzling smile. Also, he is the most beautiful man who's ever existed. He's like brown-haired elf gift. So hot. Extremely and she's hot. like very into him. And he seems like very he wants to marry her. Mm -hmm. impressive that storm he said nimble work it proves i was right in the first place you belong here in grag with me that's not what you said when you threw me in prison lenorius lenora snapped and those spiders that fire if you want me here you certainly have a strange way of showing it i'm sorry my dear i truly am surely you realize what a nuisance you've been but that's just the point now that i've seen what you can do well it would be foolish of me to send you away most foolish indeed you belong here, my dear. You'll realize I'm right once you understand. Understand? Understand what? Evac flashed his white teeth. Let me show you. Corin reached out from behind Lenora and put a hand on her arm. Be careful, he whispered. Shut up, Evac lashed out at him. <laughs> or you're gone. Shut up. You just leave Corin alone, you big bully. See, it's shit like... Yeah, it's that shit, you big bully. Like you big this bully. Just... I'm going to stand up to you. It's just, excuse me, um, fucking we sang dog. You just leave corn alone, you big bully, she said angrily. But as she glared at him, his eyes caught hers, and something happened. She was him. She was Hevac. For some reason, he was making her think his thoughts experience what he experienced. Lenora, corn hissed inside her mind. It's dangerous. Close your mind. Don't let him in. But Lenora couldn't hear him. 
She was Hivak, Hivak the Great, Hivak the Magnificent. He stood in front of a cheering throng, luxuriating in pride as they called out his name. I deserve this praise, he said to himself. Next to me, they are like tiny insects, powerless, meaningless nothings. And then a shadow of a doubt crossed his mind. Too meaningless, too powerless. So blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he's talking about how they're not a challenge. Mm-hmm. Soon all the universes will be mine. Ah, Lenora thought as Hevac's memories filled her mind. So that's it. That's why I had that vision, why I came here. How could he be so arrogant? There was more. Now Hevac was guiding her deeper into his mind, down into an earlier layer of memories. He was observing himself in a mirror, admiring his shiny dark hair, his brilliant blue eyes, his strong manly jaw. And as he gazed into the mirror, he was thinking about the little people. They are repulsive, he thought. Puny. How could I have ever thought otherwise? It's upsetting for my people even to look at them. The whole country would be better off if the ugly little things just couldn't be seen at all. As the saying goes, out of sight, out of mind. Hevac is despicable, Laura, Lenora thought. Hevac seemed to sense her repulsion. Flooding into her head came more memories, preventing her from thinking her own thoughts. Once again, Hevac was looking at his face in the mirror. It was a different face now, younger, softer, much softer, almost feminine. It was feminine, Lenora realized with a jolt. Hevac was a woman. I'm tired of being female, Hevac was saying to herself. They all claim to respect me, these people of mine, but they don't really. They'd treat me differently if I were a man. Men always get more respect. I'll do it. I'll transform myself. Again, Lenora hurtled backward into the past, down through the layers of Hevac's memory, catching myriads of images of Hevac's life as a woman and a queen, choosing her wardrobe, governing her people. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Now Lenora was descending down again, deeper, deeper into Hevac's memory. Mm-hmm. She was younger now, only a few years older than Lenora herself. She looked strangely familiar. Who? But her head was filled once more with Hevac's thoughts. This world I've made isn't good enough, Hevac was telling herself. I haven't succeeded. It's full of ugly things and ugly people. Oh, naturally, they all look up to me and praise me. Why shouldn't they? I created them, after all. But everywhere I go, I see flaws. I'm reminded of imperfection. It's just not good enough. I'll change it all, she decided. I'll make everyone perfect. The women will all be beautiful. The men will all be handsome. There will be no ugly trolls, no nasty little elves or fairies. And then again, Lenora was sliding down into the depths of Hevac's memories. Hevac was looking at her own reflection once more. This time, it wasn't in a mirror. The reflection rippled. It must be a pool. Behind Hevac was a shadowy presence, a fuzzy image of a pale face of red hair. And Hevac herself, Hevac was, it can't be, thought Lenora. It can't. But it was. It was her own face. This younger Hevac was herself. So Hevac is Lenora's future. Mm -hmm. Hevac has lived so long and created so many worlds and changed himself from Lenora to himself over so much time that eventually Hevac, in searching for somebody to be his equal, reached back in time for Lenora, her himself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's fucking dope. Yeah. In theory. In really theory. Cool. And then Hevac wants to rule with her. And I was like, sexually? <laughs> yeah, I was like, but like sexually? But like, yeah, are you going to get it on with yourself as a man? Because that's like cool. truly, I mean, we all love a doppel- 
doppelbanger. We do. <laughs> right? We do. We all love it. We we stand it. it so yeah, like am I interested? Yeah, like, like Willow do I and think, Willow. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's also like I mean, of course, right, there's like I think that if this book were written today, like I think the navigation of people. Yeah. I think that maybe the navigation of that would also be like, cause right. There is like potential for that to be kind of like weirdly transphobic or fetish fetishizing or whatever. And like, so that's kind of like, you know, I think it could be a really cool exploration of how gender is fluid how, and how right. like humanity is all one and it, this well, could be so like cool. of self like what is self right yes and like what like when do are we always ourselves do we change do we whatever like like because you know hevac has like done so much and been through so much and like is now this different person but is still at the core lenora so like when i think it's it's it would be it it would be cool <laughs> It could be cool. Uh, unfortunately, this is unfortunately this is where it ends. <laughs> this is where it ends. This is the end. Then it's they not just the beginning. Like, defeat Hevac by going back in time, so that Hevac never actually existed. But like, then they speculate that Hevac's still around. Excuse me, I had to sneeze. They well, they're they're speculating that Hevac is gone. Because she left and decides never to become that. But like maybe the worlds she created still exist. And I was like, right. Wow. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Um, But basically, it seemed like the authors are like, oh, that's that. <laughs> How about we yeah. just like imply that maybe those worlds with the little people and the elves and the trolls still exist. Well, and keep the door open for the series, which is like them being like, well, some of those things were kind of scary. Uh-oh. Maybe. Who knows? But it it is a giant bummer that that comes at the very end. I know. And we don't even get to explore the... Because like truly, I think... Because truly, right? Like that exploration of self, of, um, of, of... Well, her kind of... It's like gender bending... Well, like gender and then also like gender inequality, right? Like even this person who is all powerful still is like, you know what? If I were a man, I would have more power, you know? There are just many cool things to explore in this idea that, and it's kind of a little bit like Starlight Crystal Mm-hmm. Where, like time loopy, yeah, mm-hmm. time loopy, and dealing with yourself in the far future, in the past, and a clone, and a this, and a that. And I mean, we stand a, a time loop. Yes, we stand. I just unfortunately am really into this again, idea, and it's barely there, and then it's <laughs> gone. I'm really into the idea too. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, well, I'll just steal it and write it. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Um, and no uh, one will ever I mean, be the wiser, even though I've. Put it down in a recording. That no, well, of here's the thing: here. it, it's going to be so different. It's going to be so different. So it's it's going to be so different. I'll credit these people. <laughs> you will. I'll put it in. Yeah, I'm not in my a dedication. In my, to, I will dedicate it to them and share no profit. And and be like, um, 
if your story hadn't been so bad, <laughs> it would never have inspired me to write a better version. <laughs> so mean. Listen, I don't think that this it's, book it's is just, bad. It needs to be for eight-year-olds. I can't have it just a book for seventeen-year-olds be like smelly old trolls. Why you're just you nothing but a big bully. bully. Why yeah. you're just a clumsy elf. <laughs> it just it, it reads as like something written in the fifties. Yeah. It's just like very dated and like kind of kid kiddish and just and I'm it does that thing that I'm very annoyed by. This is just a pet peeve of mine where in a fantasy book where powers exist, mm-hmm. characters are like this get your head out of the clouds. That's just like something out of your fantasy novels and I was like you guys can literally materialize mm-hmm. things just by thinking about them. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why do you, why? I mean, I guess everyone's reality has a limit. So I guess, but but to me, her fantasies don't seem outside of. Well, they need to acknowledge the fact the that they can easily make this a reality. And don't. that's the thing. Their, their powers involve reality bending. So everyone your can powers, do it. Yeah, if your powers involve reality bending, then nothing should seem impossible to you. Like I understand like when like let's say there's magic in a world, right? Mm-hmm. But the rules are very clearly laid out and then you introduce something outside of those rules, you can still have those characters be like, "Wow, that's weird." But this is literally like they're all fucking Doctor Strange, dog. Yeah, like, and you can all... like this is just like something out of your fantasy novels. Yeah. Let me see if I can find a spot where it's like it, you can say like here. Lenora tried to think this is at the very beginning and her mom is mad at her for <laughs> poofing her to a gray space. Lenora tried to think of something harmless to tell her. She certainly didn't want her mother to know the truth, especially about those nasty little dogs. Again, with the fucking dogs being so crazy. But Queen Savitt didn't wait for an answer. Never mind, she said. I don't really care. It was bound to be some childish fantasy or other, some ridiculous romantic nonsense about dragons or about knights that adore you like puppies. I know you, Lenora, you and your endless fantasy books. But like, it can be anything. Also, okay, I hated when she was like, why can't we have things like in the fantasy books, like cars and electricity? And I was like, I hate that you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just don't. She like, sounds oh, if the mundane so were fantastic, normal and modern. That she also at one point says like blah blah blah, but at the same time they're like, but forth with the nine eyes, and I'm like, well, which one? Which one? Pick a lane. Pick a lane. Are you gonna be old and timey, or are you gonna be like? This is fantasy, but we all talk normal because you can do that. Mm-hmm. But but you need to tell me which it is. Tell me which. Yeah. So that's my stance. Yeah. If it were for younger readers, I'd be like, yeah, it's just unfortunate that like we didn't know that and we chose a younger book. But it well, being for it, thirteen marketed. Year to seventeen year olds, yeah. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. I just think that you know what it was. It was, it was kind of writing down a little That's bit. Exactly what I was about to say. That you're talking down to your audience because you think that teenagers are babies. Because like truly, they can right? Like look a lot at, more. Like look at like series uh, uh, un- unfortunate events, right? Like that is a child's book. 
mm-hmm. written in the perspective of children, and yet anyone of any age can enjoy it. Labyrinth, never-ending story. Yes. yes. All of these things that existed for children that didn't talk down to them. It just, it, it makes me think that they think teenagers are immature and can't handle. I was reading Christopher Pike when I was nine and 10. Yeah. I was reading Stephen King when I was 13. Yeah. If I had picked this up, I would have been like, no, thank you. Well, also, like, people seem to think that, like, when writing for kids, for example, right, they're like, well, I don't know, kids are just, like, they're just dumber, right? But it's like, they forget that, like, well, you were once a child and you were always you, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, Like, it's not, like, for example... If you're doing an acting project where a character uh, changes uh, due to things that happen to them or things that they that they that go through, like and you see this a lot, like beginning of season of like Buffy versus end of season of Buffy, right? It's not that the person is playing a different character. Like we are all, if we're tired, if we're hungry, if we're excited, if we're whatever, we're still ourselves. We just have those different external things that are affecting us Mm -hmm. different experiences right and so like the way that you act comes secondary from the way that you think and this is just like like, i guess a small like me (laughs) doing a weird small like uh acting workshop (laughs) um but like you know like so when someone's like okay like you're a kid like i i hate when people act like a kid in in like an improv scene and they're like dumb or like if a guy is acting like a woman in a scene i hate and they put on a voice or like twirl their hair it's like no you're just you're still a person you're always a person you just have different like you have different life experience that then informs how you act it's not act like this to be this kind of person it's be this kind of person and therefore act this way it's funny so, because I also I don't like the reverse where like every kid in TV and movies is somehow like wise beyond their years. Oh, I mean, I don't think that it's but that's the problem. That's like not letting the experience dictate. Yeah. How they act. So it's like it's like you have to find the middle ground. You can't just, you just like have to be genuine. It. You just have like, to you be have genuine. To remember what you were like or something. Yeah. I don't know. You have to remember that like. <sighs> Kids can be excited by, kids are excited by more mature things. Well, yeah. And I don't know how to describe this, but um, like we all, right, in our lives experience the same core emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Like anger and fear and excitement and happiness and like all all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then it like kind of becomes refined into well, different things make you feel that way. You manifest that in a different way, um, right? Like an adult will get like frustrated by traffic or by um, taxes or something, right? Mm-hmm. But like it's still the same emotion that then I, I don't even, I, I feel like I'm, I sound like an insane I know exactly person. what you're saying. But like that emotion then goes through this filter of how an adult acts versus like how a kid would manifest that. And at times, sometimes during very extreme situations, it's the same. If a human, if a man, or if, if an adult is under a lot, a lot of stress, they might burst out like a child would. But like the people it's just in this different, the, the, 
they're just so they just think that kids are not very one note and and nothing has there are no real stakes i don't know i am probably like going into this too much what it comes down to is i didn't (laughs) this is a very skippable book yeah, I think and it's I am pretty sorry skippable. to the writers. I think I'm getting more, I'm getting sadder about ripping these books apart. Yeah, well, because like people wrote them. Yes. And like we create stuff and it would hurt to have someone yes. rip that apart. I don't but, like the uh, idea of hurting someone's feelings, but it's fun ripping things apart. And this is the it hard is, thing it about is this fun. podcast. Because like I and, adore I mean, Christopher Pike. And in our earliest episodes, because we never considered that he might listen to them, we're like exaggeratedly critiquing them. Yeah. Exaggeratedly, because it's a comedy podcast at heart. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't ever want to hurt someone's feelings, but I will stand by the fact. And and this is, I don't, this is going to sound so shitty, but whatever. Like I said, you and I create stuff. but. If you or I had created this book, I, I don't think that would happen. Well, this isn't is what I'm saying. Us, no. Um. So, like, there is an audience for this book out there. Maybe people that are really scared of things and they like want a, just like kind of like a fluff, fluff, uh, fluff fantasy. Yeah. Basically, I didn't like this book, and I'm very sorry to the authors for being mean. <laughs> that's yeah. That's all. Sure. That's sure. all. I'm sorry to the authors for being yeah. mean. That being said, I did not like no, this book. Really okay. hated it. Really, truly, like truly. I was very annoyed by it. It is for eight-year-olds. Yeah. Okay. It's just, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe we and should it's also include, just... like, so that we don't, because I do feel like on more episodes lately, we will be getting into, like, a more and more defense of us tearing these books apart. Maybe mm-hmm. at the start, we just give a little disclaimer what, like boilerplate? No, I mean <laughs> like, like read really fast. No, no, no. I mean like, uh, don't listen to this episode if you read this book. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's fine. Look, here's the thing: you can have take, you can have opinions about things, and I think like, look, we didn't say these people are fucking stupid and we hate them. That's, That's not true. There's like, right, like, because there are plenty of people that don't like what I do that come into my DMs or whatever, and that are like, you deserve to fucking die. And I'm like, okay, well, that yeah, like we're not, <laughs> not sending, we're and we're also not sending the link to this podcast no! to the authors. Basically, I just get, I feel worse and worse. But everybody has opinions, and everybody has the right to comment on people's artwork because that's how it goes, right? And honestly, there were good things about this book. We liked the the plot twist, mm-hmm. and we liked the plot twist, and that. So there, I we go. like that. I didn't see the plot twist twist coming as we said yeah. that there are super marks in the pro com and actually on and here's the other thing i did like that it wasn't a usual suspects twist you know where Me it's too, like it wasn't and here's something twist. you never could have seen coming because we gave you no reason mm-hmm. to um no this was the, the groundwork was laid and i never saw it and so it was this very is like a memento uh, twist very artful in that way yeah, yeah. all right so yeah. we'll leave it at that yeah. Okay. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you. If you want to support our show, patreon.com slash teen creeps. Um, a very special thank you to our Patreon producers. Uh, 
Thank, thank Sorry, you, Aaron Fernandez. Pulling up, pulling up that notes, notes. as okay. was I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Amanda Nangle. Ann Dwyer. Ashley Fritz. Claire Moore. Courtney McPhail. Danielle Lamana. Danny. Emily Pooley. Gabriela Santiago. Gianna Fernandez. Grace Armstrong. Jeremy Cronk. Jonathan Venable. Jordan Colwick. Karen Lewis. Kat Miller. Katie Lilly. Katie Olsner. Kelly Burns. Chris Dorina. Andre Desmond. Laura Hooper. Bonnie Martin. Luke Bartek. Mandalay Walshlager. Mariana Terzakis. Melody. Megan Lozier. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly Marks. Oscar Gallegos. Pamela. Randy Clett. Rashad Black. <laughs> Rogue Kalahua. Sarah. Sarah Jaggers. Sarah Nichelle. Sarah Wallen. Sasha Gibson. Shannon Pickens. Sydney Bollinger. Tristan Buckner. Victoria Beck. Victoria Valdez. And Wendy Bartos. Man, seeing some new names there. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, guys. Really, so really appreciate generous it. people. Thank you. You're Sweet all generous, generous people. people. We're very happy <laughs> to have you on the Patreon. Yeah, for sure. We can say what we're reading next week because oh, yeah? uh, we already own it. Hell yeah. What? It is Children of Blood and Bone. Oh, right. Yes. By Tomi Adeyemi. We've been uh, waiting for a good opportunity to read this and Fantasy September provides it. Yes, yes, yes. I am so excited to join the throngs of people that have been raving about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for so many people recommending this book to us. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on everything, Teen Creeps Pod. Oh, you uh, should say a little about Exile. Ah, I should, I forgot. Okay, um, you might have heard a pre-roll about this, but if you skipped it, I'm going to talk about it now. Um, I have been hinting at this horror narrative podcast that I've been working on. I am releasing it. I think, is it coming out tomorrow? Yeah. Yes, right? Because mm-hmm. that's okay. Tomorrow on Everywhere You Get Your Podcasts. It's a podcast called Exile. Uh, it is a podcast in which a young woman is exiled from the town of Haven. Uh, this is post, post, post-apocalyptic future uh, for a crime that she did, did not commit. She's making her way back uh, home and encounters various horrors and beasts in the wilds and uh, new light is shed on her memories and her relationships and her reasons for being exiled. Uh, it's an audio diary. Uh, the very, very talented Annalise Nelson composed the music for it. Uh, I'm really, really proud of it. And I hope that you guys check it out and that you guys like it. Uh, but yeah, subscribe any anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah. And um, if you listen to this podcast, I see no reason why you wouldn't listen to Exile. So we will be looking for one-to-one on numbers. One-to-one, one-to-one and, on numbers. Um, <laughs> and everybody who and doesn't you, listen and, can uh, stop listening to this podcast. Yeah. Because we don't not need welcome. you. <laughs> <laughs> Just very aggressive for no reason. Very aggressive. No reason. Because mm. um, you know what? This podcast isn't for you then. <laughs> This podcast is for uh, our real friends. Uh, real friends only. Real what friends is it? Champagne for my friends. real friends? Yeah. Wait, was it? Champagne for my real friends? Real pain for my sham friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's from, but congrats to the person who wrote that. Oh, I think it's just like a saying, but I also heard it from an episode of Happy Endings years ago. Oh. Wasn't yeah. that show supposed to have a 
reunion. Was it? I mean, yeah. what show wasn't? True. I'm sure it was. True. I'm sure it was. Gotta have that quarantine content. Gotta have the quarantine content. All right. All right. So that wraps it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week for Of Children of Blood and Bone. And in the meantime, keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.